Money, Riches, and Wealth is sponsored by the Financial Consulate. Say you don't need no diamond rings and I'll be satisfied. Tell me that you want the kind of things the money just can't buy. I don't care too much for money. Money can buy me love. This is Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Time now for Money, Riches, and Wealth. Here's your host, Drew Tignanelli. And this is Drew Tignanelli here, Money, Riches, and Wealth, and the Michael P. McCarthy. Yeah, How are here, you? And, here and ready. I'm good, but I'm cold. Yeah, well, you don't look cold. You look like you're you're uh, ready to go duck hunting or something. It's got, I got all my warm clothes on. <laughs> it can't be that cold up there already. It's like, I think it's, it's 33. I'm looking at the temperature right now. All right. So there's 33. weather for you, too. There you go. You did the weather. We don't have to do the weather, Anita. We already did it. You know, it's 33. Forget it. There's nothing else you need to know. Anyway, we're here on an open show, Michael, and that means our listeners are again our guests, and they get to call in and ask their question and say, this, this here is the topic I want to talk about. This is what I want to hear, because if you help me with this, this would be most beneficial to me. You know, and it could be anything. Maybe it's Social Security. Maybe it's Medicare. Maybe it's retirement planning. Maybe it's a, you're a business owner and you have a question on business and so forth. Maybe it's on taxes. Maybe it's on Roth conversion, something of that sort. You know, whatever it is, if it deals with your money, we're here to answer it for you and help you out, give you some guidance uh, and demonstrate what a true professional financial advisor should do. And if you want to call in and uh, ask that question, 410-922-6680. That's 410-922-6680 is the way to call in and ask your question and direct the conversation tonight in the direction that you want to hear because you're the guest. You get to determine that. When you call in early, you get the most time. So, 410-922-6680 is the way to call in. Anyway, Michael, uh, this morning I was talking to Sean, yep. and uh, he was asking about the two years before retirement, the two years after retirement, and the time of retirement. And uh, he was asking about why the people don't realize how many tax uh, mistakes they made and just go on. And they just silently never, yep. never happen. These these aren't mistakes, Mike. Like you know, you make a mistake, and, and the IRS sends you a letter. Hey, you owe us ten thousand dollars. This is more like you made a mistake. You don't realize it. You have no idea what you did, but it cost you ten thousand dollars because you didn't know. And they're mistakes of missed opportunity, wouldn't you say? No, that's exactly what they are because the tax laws are ridiculously complicated nowadays ridiculously complicated so security just so security alone choosing when to do it when to take it and so forth can cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars if you don't understand the tax implications and the full concepts around how social security works and how your family you know like i mean it's just so many nuances of social security that can cost you fortunes and i'll, I'll be honest Back in the uh, 1980s and 90s, before I really got trained and experienced, I probably made those mistakes myself with, with clients because I didn't have any training. No one gave it to me. Yeah. Anyway, you got a caller. I yeah, see. let's go right to Joe, Joe in, Baltimore. in Baltimore. How can we help? Joe? I, I was yeah, told Joe. 
maybe you can enlighten me. I was told by a so-called bookkeeper that um, that the Roth conversions, there's something not charged uh, this year, like like one-year deal. Like the, to convert, you're not charged the taxes or something, which you would say, well, you're not charged taxes on Roth anyway. But anyway, um, uh, can a you A one-year deal... A one-year deal, and you're not charged anything. I'm trying to think of what that could have been, Mike. Well, um, no, this year there's some special kind of what this person's really actually very sharp and in the know, but I, I don't know what they meant by that when they gave me the information um, that this is a special year for if you want to convert, like, some of what you have to the Roth that it's uh there's some kind of a uh you know not as not as not a penalty or you know like if you have money in something else and you want to convert it over to a Roth that there's like incentive or something this year not that i know of um the only you know, thing it's... i can think of that's special this year is it's expected that this will be the last year they're gonna. The IRS is gonna let you get away with not taking money out of an inherited IRA. That uh, yeah, but you can't convert that to a. You Roth can't convert life. that to a Roth. Has nothing. So there. I was thinking of that too. So you did. You know, they're letting us get away with that, but uh, I don't know of any. Uh, you know, special provisions of any sort. Uh, there's a lot of people talking about converting to Roth because the Trump tax laws are going to end in two years, and that you got to do it soon. Um, and I agree that there is some thought process on that, but you know you got to be careful as to how aggressively you do it. Because remember, there's not that big a difference between the rates that Trump put in and the rates that were there before. So if you push up above too high a tax bracket, you could actually be hurting yourself despite those brackets. So anyway, uh, I'm not sure, Joe. I, uh, you know, there may be smarter than I am. Well, I have done two things that over the couple years uh last number of years you've encouraged me to do which was do a Roth IRA which uh I have a hundred dollars every two weeks put into it for my paycheck and that's okay. built, built up fairly you know it's better than nothing and um it's up, you know it's not a lot of money but it's up to over seven thousand now just from the little bit I've been putting into it that's fantastic that, Joe you know well thank you and then also um I have held out on taking my um, Social Security, and I'll be 69 in March, and I'll have one more year. There you go. That's fantastic. Uh-huh. You're doing you're doing the right things. As long as your health is good, Joe, you should you should go ahead. I gotta take a pause with traffic, but I really appreciate. It. If you do find out from that friend, call back and yeah. get it to us. Thanks, Joe. We'd, we'd love to know what it is. All right, Joe. Take care. All right. <laughs> So we got to go to traffic. Take get away traffic. This is Drew Tignanelli, and I have a question for you. Is your financial advisor a doctor of personal financial advice? Do you get strategies to reduce taxation, Social Security, Medicare advice, sophisticated retirement planning, investment allocation strategies, estate planning, or help with any issue of money? It is time you do a financial physical with me and my team at the consulate and experience the difference. You hear the depth of knowledge we have about personal finance. So do a financial physical and you'll experience what we believe an advisor should do for you. 
They should be independent, experienced, credentialed, fee-only, comprehensive fiduciaries. They should be a doctor of personal finance and not salespeople selling you products. Set up an introductory meeting by calling 410-823-SAVE, 410-823-SAVE, or go online, financialphysical.com. That's financialphysical.com. It's time you experience the difference. back to more of Money, Riches, and Wealth on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. We're back. Money, Riches, and Wealth. This is Drew Tignanelli here with Michael P. McCarthy, and uh, we are on an open show, Michael. That means our listeners are our guests. And I see Carmen and Bird are there waiting to ask a question. We're going to get to them in a second, but there's still lines open, so we might as well tell everybody how to call in. 410-922-6680. 922-6680. If you want to call in and ask your question, you'll be right up after Carmen and Bert. So let's go to Carmen, if he's still there. All right, Carmen, how can we help? Um, I've been reviewing all the Medicare plans. I currently have um, Medicare, Medigap, uh, with Plan F uh, with United ARP United. <laughs> and... Some of my colleagues have said that Plan G would be a better choice. You're absolutely right. They're absolutely right. You should be moving to Plan G. You don't want to stay on Plan N, Plan F, I mean, because Plan F is just going to cost a fortune as the years go on. You want me to explain why? Yeah. So Plan F has been discontinued by the government. You're not allowed to sign up for it anymore, okay? Now, here's an important principle to remember about insurance, Carmen, and that is is that insurance works best when the pool of insured people continues to grow. You want a growing pool of insured people in in, in an insurance pool, okay? Plan F says you you can't sign up for this anymore. So you now have a shrinking pool, and guess what? That shrinking pool is just a bunch of people that are just getting older and older and paying bigger and bigger bills without a newer pool of younger people helping to pay those bills, and they're going to skyrocket the price of Plan F. And you should go on to Plan F. When's your birthday? What, what month? Uh, October. October. Well, when your birthday comes again next year, you can go to AARP, and in the 30 days after your birthday, you can say to them, I want to sign up for Plan G, and they have to accept you without pre-existing conditions. Now, if you can, if you can, you can go to them now and say, hey, I want to go on to Plan G, but they get to run a little medical background on you, determine if they want to take you or not. Um, so you could try that now. But if they don't take you, you can wait until next year at your birthday. They have to take you 30 days after your birthday. Oh, okay. All right. I could let my husband do it. His birthday is in May, so maybe. Yeah, maybe he I'll, could. He could be he like could the it. fullback running the uh, the the you know blocking for you as you go to get it in October. See if it works. Okay. Okay. That was a football that's, metaphor there. I don't well, know if it worked on really you or not. No, I wonder why the consumers don't 
know that you can't. Well, you know what? Here, let me tell you something more important here, Carmen, with your saying. How come those those criminals at AARP don't tell people that we want you all to switch to Plan G? Mike's sitting there smiling. Why do you keep saying things like that? But I just I just despise AARP. They're just the most awful organization. They don't care a thing about their people because if they did, everybody in Plan F would have been moved to Plan G minute the government made that decision. But no, they leave them all on there because they are the defenders of the seniors. Ah, give me a break. Anyway, Carmen, I got to run Thank before you, I get in any more trouble than I'm already in right now. So let's go to Bert in Lutherville, Mikey. Bert, how can we help? Bert, Bert. you still there? Did we lose you, Bert? Oh, oh there you are. He was there. Okay, then let's just go home. Okay. Oh, there you are, Bert. Hello? Hello, Bert. Yeah, Bert, man. Yeah, What's I'm happening? Sorry. <laughs> I was on another incoming call. Anyway, uh, one or two quick questions. Uh, my company, I'm still working. I'm 73. And... Uh, they uh, uh, have a uh, thing uh, with ADP, and it was, they said that I was coded in wrong, and, that, that, and I thought as long as you're still working, you don't have to take out of your 401, you don't have to take required minimum distributions. And they said they had it coded as where I was a highly compensated employee, and that, I don't know what the hell that even means. But, but anyway, but uh, they said, are you an uh, employee or employer or part of the company? Do you own even 5%? I said, I own none of the company. Uh, they said, well, you shouldn't be coded like that. W- was I set up wrong there? Have they been taking required minimum distributions out? If they have been, they were wrong. And they should, you know, I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of mistakes from ADP's 401k plan, so I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but I don't have a um, what the company they, is. Yeah. They, uh, they, you, you should be, you know, you should be able to return that to the 401k plan because if they issued it to you and required you to take it back, you should be able to give it back to them and not have to pay taxes on that. When did they give well, it to you, Bert? I don't think they it out quite yet till the end of like December, but I want to get it straight before then. Uh, yeah, you go back to them. And you, the only one of the reasons I'm still working. Okay. Right. The only reason that you would have to take money out is if you were an owner of the company of 5% or more prior to uh, age 65. And you weren't. Right. You never were an never. owner. So you you could you could make 800000 a year with them. As long as right. you weren't an owner, you're good. You don't have to take an RMD. And here's another little interesting tidbit for you. Do you have any IRAs outside of the company? Yes, my own personal with Tiro, right. Okay. Do you give money to uh, charity? Uh, I do, and I listened to you. You explained that about a month ago about to bring that over, uh, whatever that that can be done, or even bringing the whole IRA together over to work as long as I'm still working, bring the whole thing over. Right. You, can, you can take your whole T. Rowe Price IRA and move it to your employer and not take an RMD anymore, but if you give money to charity, let's say you give 2000 a year to charity, I would right. leave enough IRA money in there such that it generates a $2,000 RMD and then just have it go as a qualified charitable distribution. That's what I would do is is get all the money in that I don't use for charitable giving into my company plan. If you do that before December, you won't have an RMD for 2024 from T. Rowe Price. Right. All right, Bert? That's, okay, and what do I do? Uh, I know you're in Florida, but I live in Lutherville. 
to make an appointment maybe to sit down and talk Mikey to them, Mikey and 20, 20 some of my people are in Hunt Valley yep. so you're you're a, you're right a stone from throw from us my, my friend just call like Monday or tomorrow or Sunday yeah. You'll make yeah. like a consultation to see if we yeah. can do something. We'll do yeah. an intro meeting, and then if you want to, we'll do a financial physical. And, and you. Uh, you know, all right, buddy? Okay. All right. Thank thanks so much. We appreciate you. All right. What, uh, Ray's up next. If we've got enough time, we got enough time. We'll get, to get a start. All right. Ray in Columbia, how can we help? Uh, hi, Michael, Drew. Uh, question from uh, uh, I've heard you talk to uh, before about being retired, making over $150,000 in the state prevents you from some kind of deduction or benefit. Does yeah, so the state of Maryland implemented a senior tax credit if you're married. Are you married? No. Okay, so you're single, so it's $100,000 if you're single. So Maryland gave you a $1,000 tax credit for being over 65 years of age if your income is exactly under $100,000. If it's not, if it's $100,000, you're out. If it's nine 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 nine, then you're in. It's it's okay. kind of crazy. Yeah, I get it. But uh, one hundred and fifty is if you're married. Is that correct? One hundred and fifty is you're married. Yeah. You want me to ask if there are any single ladies out there for you? Yeah. That, thanks so much, Drew. <laughs> Thank you very much. Have a good one. <laughs> you too. Bye bye. All right. All right, Mikey, we only have about 20 seconds, even though Anita's been pulling our leg on this hard break at 629 all this time. But uh, we'll, we'll abide to it because she's a tough lady. If I'll be up there for a, a Wednesday night and in about a, a month, so I don't want to take yep. the wrath of well, Anita. Mark and Joe, just hold on, and we'll get to you right after the break. Back to more of Money, Riches, and Wealth on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. We're back, Money, Riches, and Wealth. We're here on an open show. So if you want to call in and ask your question, 410-922-6680. We still have a good half hour to go. We have Joe and Mark on the line. So there's plenty of uh, lines open for you also if you want to call in and get your question answered and be a guest on the show and direct the conversation like uh, Joe and Carmen and Bird and Ray have already done. So let's go to Joe in Ellicott City. Joe, how can we help? Yeah, hi. Um, I got a question about delaying Social Security. Just say you're going to get 3000 a month. Okay. And if you wait, if you wait a year, you'll get... Eight percent more is that correct? So another two hundred forty dollars. Yep. Yep. So if you delay it, you're going to give up thirty-six thousand dollars that year. It's going to take you about fourteen or fifteen years to break even. Why would you well, do that? Well, wait a minute now. Okay, so let's say you get three thousand dollars. All right, thirty-six thousand. Did you get thirty-six thousand? Yeah. Yeah. For for a year. That, that, Did you? No, I didn't do anything yet. I'm, I'm, a, I'm. No, I'm just saying. I'm asking. I'm, I'm we're doing. We're, I'm asking you a, a question. If you started your Social Security and you get three thousand a month, did you get thirty six thousand dollars? And the answer is no. You didn't, because depending on what your income is, okay. Let's say your your you make a hundred thousand dollars of other money. That thirty six thousand is going to be taxed. Okay, up to 85% of that. So let's say it's 30,000, right? 
So that 30,000 is going to be taxed at the 22% tax bracket. So you're going to lose 6,000, let's call it, let's just call it $6,000. So you didn't make 36,000, you made 30,000. And now right. for that, you're going to give up, you're going to give up uh, a $3,000 a year increase. So it's about 10 years that you're giving up, um, well, you know, for that right. money. Well, yeah. Well, now, keep in mind this, too. Keep in mind this, too, Joe, that every year you wait, it goes up 8% more, okay? And and here's the key. If you live that 10 years, you're really hurting yourself big time, especially with all the cost of living increases. Because remember, if I have 3000 a month and then I grow it to, let's say, 3600 a month, and I get my cost of living increases on 3600 a month, I'm really hurting myself if I live 15 plus years or so. So, you know, you get to make that decision, but I don't think it's as great as people try to make it out to be when you factor in taxes and things of that sort. Well, yeah, but if you, certainly the money, if you... you Are you single or married? I'm single now. You want me to ask uh, if there are any young ladies out there for you too? I can get you and Ray maybe a double blind date tonight. Um, well, no, I don't know. I'm not. <laughs> uh, I'm still adjusting. I got to take care of the dogs first. Uh, well, see, here's my point. If if you were married, see, you're single. So I'm. I'm. I would. If you said to me, "Hey, I'm 66 this year, and I'm going to get three thousand a month. I'm going to go for it." I'd say. Joe, you're single. I don't I don't want to take any chances. You don't live 10, 15 years. So go for it, you know? But if you are married, every year you wait, and that, that Social Security, if yours is the higher Social Security, is going to be there for either you or your spouse. So when somebody's married, we really like to encourage that maximization of Social Security because the, the chances that one of the two of you are going to still be alive 10, 20, 30 years down the road, it's very, very likely, especially in today's well, world of medicine. Well, that's a good point. If, if, if you got um, a younger spouse, so you, you might be... Don't even need know. a younger spouse. I just need two people who are 67 years of age. Chances are one of the two of you. You know what the statistics are now of one of two people who are healthy at 65, a one of two people being alive still at 90, both people have about a 90% probability of still being alive at 90. Yeah. Hmm. It's pretty amazing, guy, you know? Yeah, there's a guy at my golf club who's 104. Wow, still there you plays, go. Still plays, still plays golf, still drives in the daytime. Right. I think he's the longest living uh, survivor of uh, the Normandy invasion. Hmm. Wow, wow. I have to run, Joe, but good question, you know, um, and everyone has to struggle with the decision there, but, you know, that's my thinking on it. Mikey, who's up next? Yeah, Mark? let's go to uh, Mark in Rosedale. Mark, how can we help? Uh, yes, sir. I have a question on uh, uh, um, stock dividends. Uh, yeah. or, now, if a, if a company announces a, for example, a 5% dividend, is that is that the dividend on their common stock or on their preferred stock, or is it on both? Well, the preferred stock is always predetermined, okay? So they'll they'll say, this is the preferred stock, and this is what we're paying. And once that's set, that's set. It's done. 
Okay, mm-hmm. so as long as that preferred stock is outstanding, whoever owns it is going to get that dividend, whatever it is, whatever it is. Common stock, though, if they say they're going to give X dollars on the common stock, that that's that's uh, determined yearly. Even though they may have consistently did it, it has to be consistently agreed by the board of directors that they're going to pay out that dividend that year. So common stock can go to 5%, can go to zero, can go back to 2%, can go to zero. You know, But preferred stock, once that dividend's set and the time frame is set, that dividend is paid un- until uh, the, the preferred stock is redeemed. There aren't any increases in that. Okay, so the so the uh, on the preferred stock, the dividends is is uh, stays the same. Yeah, it's set at the time of the preferred stock being issued. Okay, uh, now does does the value of the preferred stock uh, does that change? Over it's going to change with interest rates, believe it or not. So in other words, if I've got a, a stock that's, a, you know, let's say it's Ford Motor Company and they're paying a 5% dividend and the U.S. Treasury bond goes to 3%, then that preferred stock will move up in price because my 5% Ford preferred dividend may look better than a 3% Treasury. Now, if the Treasury goes up to 5 or 6%, then that Ford preferred stock is going to drop and it's going to drop a lot. Because who wants 5% from Ford when I can get 5% from the United States Treasury? So that's how they work. They work more like bonds, and they don't, they don't work like the way stocks operate. Now, some preferred stock are what's called preferred, um, convertible preferred stock. That means that you can take your preferred principal, let's say it's $100,000, and you can say, uh, hey, this is redeemable at $100 a share, so give me a thousand shares of uh, of this Ford of this Ford stock because it's convertible and if I think it's a good price I can I can convert it you know if the price is even higher than the conversion price I'm going to convert it so that's a that's a unique feature of some preferred stocks. Does that mean you can convert it to common stock? Yeah, but remember okay. that's only convertible preferred stock. Most right, preferred right. stock are just a dividend-paying stock. It just has a fixed dividend, end of the story. But you can get a convertible preferred. Now you get a fixed dividend, and you have the option to potentially convert it to the common stock. Uh-huh. It kind of gets kind of gets interesting. you got to look at each of those preferred stocks individually. All right, uh-huh. my friend, good question. Excellent question. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> we're on an open show, Mikey. Yep, and right? we got all the lines are open. So we're going to take a traffic break here in a little bit. But uh, if you call in now, you'll be our first guest uh, when we come back from the uh, the last commercial break. Do you know the phone number now? 410-922-6680. 410-922-6680. There he goes. He's got it. 410-922-6680. You're the guest. You get to call in and ask the question and we'd love to hear from you. We've got 15 minutes left. Probably easily can take two, three, four callers. 410-922-6680. And we got to turn it over to traffic. Take it away, traffic. This is Drew Tignanelli, and I have a question for you. Is your financial advisor a doctor of personal financial advice? Do you get strategies to reduce taxation, Social Security, Medicare advice, sophisticated retirement planning, investment allocation strategies, estate planning, or help with any issue of money? 
It is time you do a financial physical with me and my team at the consulate and experience the difference. You hear the depth of knowledge we have about personal finance, so do a financial physical and you'll experience what we believe an advisor should do for you. They should be independent, experienced, credentialed, fee-only, comprehensive fiduciaries. They should be a doctor of personal finance and not salespeople selling you products. Set up an introductory meeting by calling 410-823-SAVE, 410-823-SAVE, or go online, financialphysical.com. That's financialphysical.com. It's time you experience the difference. back to more of Money, Riches, and Wealth on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. We're back. Money, Riches, and Wealth here with Michael P. McCarthy. Michael, nobody called in, eh? All these lines are open, and we got time left to answer your questions. 410-922-6680. 410-922-6680. If you want to call in and direct a question, lines are open. You'll be first up if you're calling in right now. So, um, well, Drew, so you had the topic of, you know, how important those last those last few years before you retire and those first few years uh, after you retire. And I had uh, I actually had a client meeting today that, you know, really highlights that. And uh, like many people, this person was going to change their uh, state of uh, record. They were going to join you down there in Florida next year. They were, you know, moving at the uh, right after Christmas. They were headed on down. And she was stopping in because she wanted to know, hey, you know, I've got these little things to, you know, take care of. I might need some money. Um, so I'm thinking I'm going to go ahead and take care of that now out of my IRA. And I said, well, hold on a second. If we take care of it now, you're going to pay, as Drew just recently corrected me, 8.5% to the state of Maryland for taking that money out. If you wait a month you can save 8.5%, and that's that kind of stuff that comes up right in those last couple years and those first couple years uh, of changing uh, retirement I, and changing your tax situation. Yeah, and that's a simple one, Mike, but there, there are tons of them that are complicated. Like, for example, let's say you, you retire before 65 years of age, okay? And you got to get medical insurance, okay? So let's say you're, you're 64 years of age and you, and, and you need medical insurance for a year. So what does a typical person do? They go and they, they say to their company, I need to take COBRA. I'm going to take uh, the medical insurance you have in the company. I'm going to keep it for 18 months because that will get me to Medicare at age 65. Dumb, dumb decision, you know, because if I can control your income, if I can get your income down to, like, say, $65,000, depending on whether you're single or married, I can actually get uh, President Obama and the Affordable Care Act to pay your medical insurance premium. Your premium is going to be like three hundred dollars maximum a month. I got a lot of clients that yep, paid one hundred and fifty, one hundred and fifty dollars a month, and uh, and and people say, "Well, I don't want to be on Obamacare. I don't want to be on the Affordable." What are you talking about? It's the exact same medical insurance policy that you're going to buy through Cobra for 1500 to $1,800 a month. I'm going to get it for you because I understand the tax laws. The, the company and our, our people, we understand the tax laws. And we're going to get this insurance for you for $150 a month. And, and all we got to do is control your taxes. And, and it's not that complicated. Sometimes it can be, but it's usually not, Mike. Yep, absolutely. 
Well, that's just one of many. Anyway, we Brad's got pl- on. Brad, we got Brad and Parkville. Brad, how can we help? Oh, just a quick question for you. I have uh, some money left over in a 529 plan. Um, my son's already gone through college, and there's an amount of money that's left over. Um, before I withdraw that, I was just wondering, um, is there anything that I should know about before I do that as far as taxes? Well, you don't want to withdraw it, Brad. you got new law now. How long ago did you put that in that account? Oh, gosh, it's been in there for probably 20, 20 years. There you go. Perfect. You'll, you'll be the first up, and I believe it starts next year. So they passed a new law uh, about a year ago. And it basically says this, Brad, that if you have leftover money in a 529 plan, you can take up to 35000 of that and put it into a Roth IRA for the beneficiary. So the beneficiary is your son, right? It is, yes. Yeah. So you can move it to a Roth IRA for your son at the rate of $6,500 this year, $7,000 next year, as long as he's working and making earned income, and it and it's uh, it's penalty free um, transfer over to the Roth, and uh, it's the perfect solution. Now, there is a theoretical possibility that you'll be able to change if you don't want to give it to him. You say, I just gave him enough money to pay for his college and stuff. I ain't giving him any more Roth money. You can you there's a possibility you may be able to change the beneficiary on the account to yourself. And then do the Roth for yourself out of that uh, 529 plan. Okay, that would be great. But the thing is, I um, I told him years ago, I said, if there's any money left over, that I was going to give that to him for a down payment on a house. Well, here's the cool thing. You move it into the Roth IRA. You ready for uh-huh. this? I'm you ready. You move it into the Roth IRA every year, 6500 6, this year. January, you'd move $7,000 in for him, and you just keep doing it. How much you got left? Uh, just about that, about um, uh, 38000 I think, 38000 Perfect, perfect. This is perfect. So you, you move that into the Roth IRA at this rate, six dollars $7,000 a year, and when he's ready to buy the house, you're allowed to take the contributions back from the, uh, you know, the, 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 the Roth IRA completely penalty free if you want to. They still have the first time home buyer Roth uh, exception too, don't they? And you they? still have the first time home buyer Roth, right? So you could actually take ten thousand dollars even of the earnings, dividends, and growth at one hundred percent tax free as long as he's had a Roth in existence for five years. So if his plan to buy a house is five years down the road, this this absolutely is like a dream scenario for you. Okay, great. Yeah, well, let's see. yeah, it's probably about a five-year horizon that'll be ready, too. Well, you know, then I would, and here's, here's another cool thing, right? If you set up that Roth now, the first year will be 2023, right? Second right. year will be 2024. Third year will be 25, 26, 27, in December 31st of 27, every day afterward, he can take that $10,000 out tax-free. Not only can he take the contributions out, but he'll be able to take out the uh, earnings, dividends, and interest of $10,000, 100% tax-free for that first-time home buyer. Okay. Um, okay. 
So you wouldn't be able to take it out all at once for the, like the down payment. We'd have to do that over a couple of years. Well, no, no, no. You're gonna you're gonna move the money from the five twenty nine to the Roth, and then in in January of twenty eight, he can find a house and he can take out all the contributions and ten thousand dollars of earnings, dividends, interest, and growth, one hundred percent tax free. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. That's fantastic. All right. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Thanks, Brad. All great right. question. That's a that's a great. Uh, this this is a new concept that makes the five twenty nine even more attractive than it had been before. Now that you have this thirty five thousand dollars that you can move to a beneficiary's uh, Roth IRA, and and as we see, we think you can change the beneficiary to yourself and move that money to your own Roth IRA. And here's another cool thing about it, Mike. You know, Roth IRAs are limited that if you make more than like $240,000, you can't do a Roth IRA. So let's say you're a high income earner, you're making about 500,000 a year. You've had a 529 for your kid, the kid's finally graduated. You got 30,000 or so left in your 529. You've never been able to do a Roth because your income's too high. You can change the beneficiary on that 529 and move that 30000 in that 529 to your own Roth because there's no income limits to move from the 529 to the Roth IRA on a yearly basis. I, don't ask me why. You just memorize this stuff, yep, Mike. Absolutely. Well, this is a perfect example. If you don't have somebody you're working with that knows these these tax laws the way that, that we do, you yep. know, that's, that's opportunity missed. Hey, you know, we, we we haven't even gotten into all the other things that people miss, you know, where they're 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 rolling over their 401k's. But you know, 401k's are far more complicated than you could ever imagine. You know, that all those little little lines and says, you know, employer this and safe harbor that and after tax and Roth and pre-tax and so forth all those things mean something you know right and most most advisors all they want to know is will you roll that money over to me you know and and you, you might have missed all, an immense amount of opportunity company stock when you have company stock in a 401k and we've got clients what you have you have mccormick and company you have uh northrop grumman um you have uh you know plenty of companies that those are the two that i i see a lot you know, and they have company stock in their 401k plan. That's a whole complicated universe right there. Well, and most people don't understand it. I can't tell you how many times I've had a tear come to my eye when we've uh, met a new prospective clients and, you know, the husband is still working and both spouses are uh, still waiting till age 70. So the whole age 70 thing we talked about earlier, I mean, it's really, it's case by case. Like, you know, depending on who it is, and especially if you have a married spouse, you know, the lower income earning spouse probably should take it sooner, but that gets missed and you don't get to go back sometimes. You don't get to go back and, and then take uh, our client earlier, I mean, our caller earlier that I was talking to, where he can take his uh, IRA that he has at work, I mean, he has, he has a T. Rowe Price, and he can roll it into his uh, 401k at work and defer the RMDs because he's in the required minimum age 
but he's working. And as long as all of his IRAs go to that 401k, he does not have to take an RMD. We do that all the time. Tell me how many advisors are going to tell you to do that one, Mike. You know, yep. but just think of how much money you save in taxes by doing that. Yeah. Anyway, Michael, always quick show when we have a lot of good questions. For Absolutely. Callers. Anyway, this is Drew Tignanelli saying God bless.